My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Let's pray together. Lord, we again come to you and we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for your truth, and we thank you for giving us the ability to hear and to understand. Lord, we just ask that you would come and be a part of the rest of our service today, that you would attune us to what you would have for us today. Lord, I pray that you would give Pastor Doug strength of voice as he comes and, and conveys your message to us this morning. Lord, just be with, be with us, be in each one of these pews. Lord, direct us to you this morning. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In our continuing discussion on this particular topic of uh, what we have as far as the death of a nation, we're going to address this morning a very, very, if you will, hot topic this morning. We're, we're going to be looking at what is called the cultural decay, the decline of education. Now, before we begin, I, I, there's a couple things I wanna, I wanna say. First of all, I am thankful for the teachers that we have who are followers of Christ, who are in the public school arena. They have a witness there. They have a desire to make sure that their students are properly instructed. And for that, I'm very thankful for. And that the next thing I'd like to say is that in our immediate area, we almost feel like we are in a, in a vacuum. We are separated, if you will, from some of the many social issues, cultural issues that are going on. But unless we fall asleep at the wheel, we need to address what is happening in our nation because eventually it may very well come here. So this morning we're going to look at what is called the decline of education. There is a cultural revolution. And at the beginning, I need to read for you a couple of short paragraphs. If you have this book, that's entitled, When Nations Die, on pages 74 and 75, you will find these particular quotes. It says this. Today, American society suffers from a growing number of maladies, including many that have lingered for years. Are they capable of failings that aff afflicted Rome? Are they sufficient to bring this nation to its knees? Donald Dudley, who wrote the book, The Civilization of Rome, suggests that the leading factors of Rome's decline were both philosophical and practical in nature. They included, for example, the exploitation of workers and other citizens and the lack of innovation. 
but he also stresses that one of the key factors in the atrophy and the decline of the empire was the loss of curiosity and intellectual integrity in education. Instead of favoring an education in history and letters, prominent families began directing their sons into a more lucrative and expeditious professions of rhetoric and debate, the training ground for lawyers, politicians, and bureaucrats. The weakening of the quality of leadership and the gradual compromise of central principles of government may be traced to the loss of essential knowledge, the loss of sense of history, and the general deterioration of the overall quality of education. Honesty and nobility of character disappeared. Sexual immorality became rampant, and speaking out against excess or corruption was called treason. To squelch all evidence of resistance to their policies, Roman emperors from Nero on used the army and their professional guard as a sort of thought police to ferret out dissent and perish opponents. While this may be one of the first early examples of political correctness being enforced by government, it was merely one example of the extent to which a government will go to enforce its will upon the people. Thought control, political manipulation, intellectual exploitation has always been crude and simplistic forms of tyranny but they are very effective. Witness what is happening in our schools and universities today. First thing is this. In many of the schools, they're held in virtual stranglehold by the liberal teachers unions. Many of Americans' public schools have become ghettos of ignorance and violence. Classical learning has been turned on its head in favor of socially accepted ideology. Instead of educating students in subjects that build more character and civic virtues, today's textbooks program children with the agenda of the left. Now, according to an article, and you can go on Facebook, or I'm sorry, you can go and do research on this particular article, Resilient, you just go to Resilient Educator, you will find that they say more than 30 million adults in the United States cannot read, write, or do basic math above third grade level. This is a shocking statistic that is on this particular website. In addition, they say one in every 100 adults is in prison in the United States. Gather that. One out of every 100 people in the United States are in prison. And while they're there, more than half of those inmates don't even know how to read. So what is happening? Well, we have the brainwashing of what is called brainwashing of America. This particular group, known as the National Education Association, the NEA, they made this statement. And you can go on their website and you can find this statement. They say, the cause of ignorance in America today is the religious right. We're the cause. 
Do you sense what is going to happen to the church? The groundwork is being laid for persecution. It's coming. It's coming. I need to read for you an article written by Thomas Sowell. Now, if you know anything about Thomas Sowell, he is a thinker. He is an academic. And he's a conservative. Which is interesting as he writes in an article that is entitled Indoctrinating the Children for Forbes magazine. He wrote these words. The techniques of brainwashing developed in totalitarian countries are routinely used in psychological conditioning programs imposed on American school children. These include emotional shock and desensitization, psychological isolation from sources of support, stripping away defenses, manipulative cross-examination of an individual's underlying moral values, and inducing acceptance of alternate values by psychological rather than rational means. He goes on to write, shock and desensitization procedures range from taking children to morgues and funeral homes to see and touch dead bodies to pairing du boys and girls to have conversation with each other about sex showing ghastly movies of war or raw movies showing sexual activities or close-ups of childbirth. Verbal examples include classroom discussions of lifeboat dilemmas where the limited capacity of the boat forces decisions as to who should be left to drown. Sometimes children are asked to decide whom they would sacrifice among the members of their own families. That you can find, again, in Forbes magazine published in 1993. And how close that has come even today. Not only that, but in addition, the NEA has produced an instructional video, booklets, and a militant action guide for defeating the religious right and like-minded conservatives. In this material, it says, how are schools to deal with complaints? Teachers' handbooks offer specific guidelines. It says, when parents complain to schools, they are to be told, none of the other parents have objected, or you're the only one who has complained. Such tactics are designed to isolate and humiliate those who are rightly shocked by what their children are seeing and doing in school. The object is to accuse and vilify Christian and other conservative troublemakers in the eyes of the community. The second thing that is happening in our education system is called political correctness. The desire to control not only words, but thoughts and beliefs of a society. Political correctness is an attempt to eliminate freedom of speech for those who hold traditional values and religious beliefs. What's interesting is historical examples 
of political correctness are such as this. During the Second World War, it was considered treason to simply saying out loud that Germany should not have invaded Poland. Children were indoctrinated to the point that they would betray and report their own parents and friends for saying things that were deemed politically incorrect. In today's society, political correctness is an overt social censorship designed to stifle the truth. The integration of social media, newspapers, and television programming have aided in falsifying the truth by highlighting the socialist agenda as truth. In other words, there's no room for disagreement. This one is horrendous. The critical race theory. Next Sunday school quarter, I'm going to be teaching in a lengthy discussion on wokeness and critical race theory. I'd love to have you to be a part of that, but there's going to be another great Sunday school class too. But if you join this class, uh, you're going to come away with shocking stuff. Shocking. We begin with a definition of what critical race theory is. It is a study that critiques empire, white supremacy, anti-blackness, anti-indigeneity, racism, patriarchy, capitalism, ableism, anthropomosis, anthropocentrism, and other forms of power and oppression at the intersection of our society. That is a lengthy discussion of saying you're all racist. The world problems are created by you. And so critical race theory has as its goal to eradicate this one thing, oppression. And any parts of that definition that leads to oppression has to be eradicated from our society. Did you notice some of the words? One in particular is this. You know what that means? Males, you are nothing. Husbands and fathers, you are oppressors. It's your fault. This is scary stuff. This is what's coming. In fact, this is even in our military. It's even in our military right now where it came from the leader of the armed forces who said that if a transgender individual of any armed forces desires to come in and take a shower, 
with you, you must stay. You must stay. Women will be taking showers with males. And males will be taking showers with women. And you have no, no choice, but you must stay there. To quote a 2016 survey, I will say this, of the nation's teachers, 60% of them do not agree with the political direction of the NEA. But I'm here to tell you they don't care. Can I read for you from their own statements? Can I read for you something that is terribly shocking? In an article for coming from the Daily Signal, you can get this. You can go online and find this. The Daily Signal. It says this. In 2009, the NEA General Counsel Bob Chanin's comment was this. It is not because we care about children. And it is not because we have a vision of a great public school for every child. The NEA and its affiliates are effective advocates because we have power. They don't care about the 60% of teachers. They don't agree with their political actions. They don't care because they have power. And even most recently, in recent months, the Department of Justice under the direction of the U.S. Attorney General, was found guilty of condemning concerned parents who speak out against such teachings. They are labeled as being domestic terrorists. Have you had enough yet? Well, good, because I got more. The age-old warfare of the source of truth. With all the philosophical, psychological, politically driven, and anti-historical ideals of education, there is one basic disagreement. What is the source of truth? Those who subscribe to the liberal agenda will see the idea of moral or spiritual restraint as a needless hindrance to their political interests. But the lesson of history is that no society can exist without truth. It is not uh, just our children's knowledge of science or history or art is inferior. 
but that their souls are being laid bare and they are being steeped in destructive humanistic concepts that leave them in moral and spiritual chaos. We always finish with, I'm sorry. I missed a page. There it is. Can I go back? Without a foundational code of morality, law has no meaning. And without spiritual convictions, the code of responsible citizenship has no force. As one author stated, education is too important to be left solely to the educators. The most dangerous aspect of the battle is not that the quality of education is weak. Millions of people who have gone to a great career and advanced degrees came from poor and educational background. The danger is that young people are being morally stripped, searched, and intellectually abused by this system. And the most lasting danger is that young people are being indoctrinated with alien ideologies that are destructive to America's traditional values and our heritage of faith. Now, It's not just our children's knowledge of science or history or art is inferior, but that their souls are being laid bare and they're being steeped in destructive humanistic concepts that leave them in moral and spiritual chaos. So what are we to do? What are we to do? Number one, keep in contact with your children's teachers. Let them know that you're praying for them and tell them you are watching. That was, that was very evident in the fact that one day one of my daughters came home from school and said, Dad, you won't believe what our health teacher just told us. I said, really? Tell me. And she began to explain his comments. I called the principal and had said, I'm coming in. I'm going to sit in that health class. He understood because he was a very moral man, and I appreciated that. So I went in and I believe for sure I caught the teacher off guard. For when the class was assembling, I was already sitting in the classroom, which was in the auditorium. It was that big of a class. He came up to me and he said, introduced himself. And he said, may I help you? I said, well, maybe. 
I'm here because of some statements that you have made. And I want to hear them from you directly. The first thing he did in class was, some of you students may have misunderstood me. And then he began to backpedal. After it was all over, I went up to him and I shook his hand and I said, Sir, I'm a pastor. And you have the privilege of teaching my children. I'm praying for you. But I'm also watching you. I'm also watching you. Keep in touch with your children's teachers. Let them know that you're praying for them. Let them know you have a right as a parent to even establish a time when you can go into the school and sit in their classes. You have that right. You can do that. Just let the teachers know you're there praying for them but also watching. The second thing you can do is make sure you know what your child is being taught. Look at their homework. Read their textbooks. You have that right. If your children don't bring their textbooks home, give them an assignment. Tell them, Bring your textbooks home. I want to see all of them. Well, what if I don't? Then you don't eat tonight. <laughs> oh, they'll bring the textbooks home. Look at what is being taught. Dear people, the NEA is so powerful that even now they are rewording Issues in math and science. Be aware of what is going on. Go to school board meetings. Request meetings with your, te with your children's teachers. Be evident and present Speaking the truth in love. But yet be there. Do not be afraid to express your concerns. Let the school board know that you're there as a concerned parent. You want to make sure that your children's, your child's school stays true the truth. I want to make sure of that. But here's something that's going to hit home. Be sure to model at home what you proclaim at church. Read to your children the Bible and pray with them. If you're not evidencing truth at home, that when your children go to school, 
they'll be indoctrinated with a different truth. You must model it at home. Can't be wishy-washy as parents. Critical race theory wants to get rid of the male factor in our society. We're the oppressors. Personally, according to their grading schedule, I'm at the top of the list. I am one of the chief oppressors. Seth, you are too. Steve, you are too. I'm white. I'm married, heterosexually married. I have children. I'm a pastor. And I hold forth the absolute truth. I'm in trouble. I'm at the top of the list. They want to eradicate me. And you. And you. Be sure you model at home what, what you proclaim at church. Read the word of God. Pray with your children and for your children so that they'll know the truth. Let's pray. The public arena of education is difficult, Lord. That which we once held as truth and morality is being tested on the streets of society. And we find ourselves as followers of Jesus Christ at a crossroads. We can either sit back and do nothing or we can engage ourselves in a very positive, loving, speaking the truth in love, being wise as serpents and gentle as doves. We can offer an answer to the hope that lies within us to everyone who would ask of us with all godly fear and trembling. That's, I believe, is what you've called us to do. We are to be disciple makers. We are held responsible of bringing the truth of heaven down to the earth of history in order that individuals can see you. This isn't easy, this discipline or the, the loss of good education. I praise you for the teachers that we have that stand forth for the cause of Christ. And they do not bend the knee to the whims of the NEA. I pray, God, that you would strengthen them, that you would encourage them, that we as a church will be praying for them and encourage them, 
Help them, Lord God, to stand true. Then we as church family, when we're at home, let us purpose to model the truth of the scriptures. Let us pray for and pray with our children. May we, O oh God, take it upon ourselves that all education should not be left to educators. There are things that educators cannot teach and it needs to be learned at home under the guidance of the Holy Spirit and through the power of your word. So God, in these days, in these troubling days, may our eyes be focused on the horizon of who you are instead of in the valleys of what is happening around us. For there, that with our eyes focused on you is where our hope is. Because under the shadow of the Almighty, there is peace. And may we, O oh God, with all of the strength that you give to us, may we stand firm on the truth of the Word of God. And we'll be careful to praise you and thank you in your name. Amen. Let us stand, please, for the benediction.